Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller. And we are excited to have you here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cameron Clutters, our barista. And hey, friends, there's a big celebration happening at St. Mary's School in German Village today. The school's principal, Gina Stoll, will be with us in a few minutes to give us all the details. Then we'll continue our celebration of Catholic Schools Week with the principal of St. Mary's School in Lancaster, Kayla Elric. Then in the second half of the cafe, Kristen Chenoweth, an aspirant with the Dominican Sisters of the Immaculate Conception Province, will share her story. Morning, Amanda. Good morning, Dave. You start us with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for yet another day for your goodness for your graces for your blessings we come to you with open arms lord Um, arms that often sometimes maybe feel empty and so we ask that you would abundantly fill them pour your life and your goodness and your love into our hearts and help us to pour out to others feed us so that we can do the work of your hands and your feet Lord, we thank you for all that you are accomplishing in and through us. We ask to be docile to that. We praise you and we thank you for this. We offer ourselves and all of our intentions to Mary. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amanda. Yes, Dave. Cam reminded us that he has a life. Yeah, yeah. And we never banter about Cam's life. We don't always ask him about his life, so we should. So, Cam, how was your night? My night was good, actually. I spent the evening with Olive, um, my daughter. She is nine, almost ten months old and still just learning the world all the time. And Mm. sometimes in that learning... It takes at least... A year. Or, or, I'm still well, learning. 25 okay. years for me, right? <laughs> no, and and um, I think sometimes when when one so small is learning the world, it can make them uh, upset or, or perhaps even the word is crabby mm. because mm. they're learning the world, right? And so then um, she spent a good chunk of the evening upset without like a discernible reason why and i'm not sure even she even knew why she was upset but she made sure that she, that dad knew that she was upset and so um we spent the the evening trying every remedy we could <laughs> um one of my highlights of the evening one of the moments where she wasn't upset is she uh rode around on my shoulders as i kind of uh, bounced around the living room and we have this big mirror above our fireplace and she always just looks in the mirror and can see herself on top of dad's shoulders and that's always a special thing for me it's mm, <laughs> really sweet but that's all i did in the evening that was you know that was a lot actually. you know cam i love when you share about olive one because i love to hear the stories but two it just reminds me I just often think we're just all still babies in a, in a way. Like I, I get crabby sometimes and I don't always know what's wrong or I don't like it when I wake up from naps either. Or <laughs> I get upset when I'm hungry too. 
I've just gotten better at dealing with those things. Use your words. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda, how was your evening? Um, yeah. Speaking of feeling slightly crabby, <laughs> I didn't have the best evening, but that's okay. Uh, I actually took the opportunity to go to a volleyball training, which was great. I, I'm still learning, and so I got the opportunity to learn some different moves, and she taught us all these different things, and it was great. But that mean, meant when it came time for my actual volleyball game at 9.15 at night, I was already exhausted. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's just, I'm going to try my best to really be here, but uh, it was a struggle for sure. 9.15 start, yeah. Yeah, so it was a late night. It's a bit night. late. It was a late night, but we did, uh, of the three, we did win one of them, so that was nice. Well done. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Cheers, and cheers to get my, dig, diggy with it. Yeah, my team is so good at just keeping up morale and encouraging the whole team, and they're just good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How was your evening, Dave? It was nice. I had my holy hour followed by my men's group, which I am so grateful for. It was an, a nice time together last night. One of the, the gentlemen brought a situation in, into the group that he had been uh, challenged by, and we just talked about it, how Christ um, is our model you know, for behavior and how we deal with others. And um, it was just a, nice, a real good, he asked for, input and um just a discussion on how he could have handled a particular situation differently mm -hmm. and we didn't say do this do that but we just had a you know a good conversation just around how we're called to behave as christians and yeah. um how how christ is our model so now, dave i get the sense that that must have been a really edifying conversation and how beautiful that he had the humility to bring it to everybody. Exactly. And, and it led to all of us to just share different ways that either we've done things well or not so well, you know, in our own lives and just, just bring it to the group yeah. and just have that brotherhood. So when Cam was mentioning his evening with Olive, it, um, today's gospel there from Mark chapter six, uh, verses seven to 13, just one line where wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave from there. And it called to my mind um, those 30 or so years of uh, Jesus's hidden life, of being formed and growing up with the Holy Family, you know, there in Nazareth and just living life inside the home. And now Jesus is calling the disciples to go out two by two and enter into the homes. Mm -hmm. And and bring Christ into those homes. And that there's just, boy, the invitation's still here for us today, right? To bring Christ into all of our situations, especially our homes and where our families live and, and where we struggle and where we rejoice and where we mourn, uh, to make Christ a part of that in a real, real way that we do that here in our community. Um, is the uh, Sacred Heart Enthronements. Mm -hmm. I think that's just a real um, tangible way, you know, to bring Christ and throne him in the home and then stay there with him. Yeah. And hope he doesn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in this week, too, with Catholic schools, we're, we're honoring our schools and 
Christ is present in the schools Mm -hmm. and he's invited to stay. And all those disciples specifically, our administrators and our teachers are, are bringing, bringing Christ to the students and their families. And I just love speaking with our administrators and teachers. Yeah, I've enjoyed it as well. One of whom is with us right now. Gina Skull, the principal of St. Mary's in German Village. Good morning, Gina. Good morning, Dave and Amanda. It's an honor to be here on St. Gabriel Radio this morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. St. Mary's in German Village, big day happening there for the school. It is a huge day. It is our dedication day. Um, I just prayed with our students as we start every morning, but today is a special day. And um, as we honor vocations today during Catholic Schools Week, I told them to be um, on the lookout for a lot of vocations. We'll have sisters here from um, the Dominican Sisters of Peace. Um, the bishop, of course, will be here to bless our new school. Uh, we have a monsignor, we have a priest, we have a deacon. So lots of vocations to celebrate today during Catholic Schools Week, and certainly lots of love for all the people that have brought this project to fruition. St. Mary's uh, German Village, uh, I was looking at your website, Gina. The The original school was erected in 1865. What, what a part, what a part of our community, and um, I mean the wider Columbus community, but central to German Village, you see the steeple there of the church, and then thinking that the school's been there since 1865. Yes, we are absolutely a cornerstone of the German village community and the South End. Um, You know, the the building that was built in 1865 was the first school building and the first um, worship center for the people of St. Mary Church, and we still use that building today as a school. So we have four classrooms out there, and it's a great historic area, a great grounding for our kids that are coming to us from 30 zip codes around Columbus to see the tradition and the faith that has carried us to this point. Beautiful. Gina Stahl, the principal of St. Mary's in German Village, the the school at St. Mary's in German Village. So what's this renovation uh, that's been happening? So in about the 1950s, mid-1950s, there was a school building erected, and um, it held our elementary school students. And um, over the years, we've just begun to outgrow that space had not been renovated since it was built. And um, our, we worked with our benefactors, and we bought the Golden Hobby Shop, which is now our middle school, and moved those kids over there. And we plugged along for a few more years um, in the 1950s building. And then over an eight-year period, there was a plan to um, renovate that building and expand it. We've now added 14,000 square feet. We'll have a cafeteria. Yeah, we'll have a cafeteria for the first time, a beautiful um, commercial-grade kitchen. We serve about 800 meals every day out of our kitchen, both breakfast and lunch for our students. Um, We have a hub and a library area, as well as beautiful, renovated, and reimagined classrooms, a sensory area, a music room, an art room. Oh, my gosh. It's a phenomenal space. Everyone's got to be jazzed. I mean, the, the, the administrators, the teachers, the students, the yeah. families. What what a uh, cause yeah, for yeah. celebration. It is a, an incredible celebration. We're starting off 
this is sort of dedication weekend. So we start off today with a blessing by the bishop um, at one o'clock. We'll have all of our donors and the important people, the masterminds behind this project that helped make it happen. Um, we will celebrate with them today at one. Bishop will bless all of our classrooms, and then we'll have tours for those people. Tomorrow morning, we'll start with mass, as we always do. We've invited our parents, and they are invited for coffee and donuts with me and to take some tours of the building and see the space, because we've really kind of kept it a surprise up to this point. Um, not to mention that there's construction workers crawling all over this place, <laughs> right, up, right up to the very end. Yeah. And then... On Sunday, we welcome the community, the greater Columbus community, um, to come in and see us between 2 and 4. We'll have food trucks out front. We hope people will just come and stroll through and see what all the hullabaloo has been um, over the past 36 months here at St. Mary. Mm -hmm. So the open house is this Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. Yes, for the sir. For the general public. You're such an important part of that German Village and that that part of uh, of Columbus. Do your alumni stay in touch? Do do you see many uh, folks, generations coming back to visit? Absolutely. So one of the things that we've done to honor the alumni and the generations that have um, built us up and given us our faith um, is to have what we call a wall of fame. So we had this built. It has a touch screen on it and um, the. Technology director Luke Hansen is a, an alumni himself. He and I have worked with our marketing director, Hannah Lewis, to put together a beautiful display that alumni can come back and visit and find their yearbooks. They can find their class pictures all the way back to the 1920s. Some <laughs> I love even, it. Yeah, some even before that. So it's an interactive display, much like you see like a COSI. Mm -hmm. um, you can look up your relatives by name. You can look them up by year. Um, we're still building. I just sent off 51 yearbooks yesterday to a company in New York that's scanning them for us. But you can come and see your history, see your parents' history, see your aunt and uncle's history. The alumni are very, very entrenched here. We have a homecoming celebration every fall um, and welcome them back because they really are the people that have passed on the St. Mary tradition. So you can see how school uniforms have changed <laughs> over the decades. <laughs> yes, and um, I, I think they girls have mostly stayed the same. The boys' athletic uniforms are always the ones that shock me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those awkward basketball uniforms from the 70s, right? That, and leather football helmets, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Janice Stoll, we are so excited for you and for the Thank entire you. community uh, as you celebrate the school renovations uh, events happening today with Bishop Fernandez and then the general public is invited for Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. to come by food trucks and tour the school and just uh, celebrate with the uh, community. So congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm really humbled to be part of the future of Catholic schools in Columbus. Well, God bless you and God bless everyone there at St. Mary's German Village. Thank you. Have, Have a, great a great day. day. Enjoy. You too. That was Gina Stahl, the principal at St. Mary's School in German Village. Coming up next is our friend Kayla Elric, the principal of another St. Mary's School, this one, St. Mary's Lancaster. Stay with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe.
O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need, your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of obedience is seen in St. Padre Pio. He lived obedience heroically by assenting to authority when he was falsely accused. Rumors led Padre Pio's superiors to forbid him to offer mass or hear confessions. He obeyed without complaint and did all that was asked. Eventually, it was proved that he was innocent and his humility brought many to Christ. Let us ask St. Padre Pio to pray for us, that we too may grow in obedience. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. I'm Lori Crock, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. A phrase we hear often in sports is this, that was a game changer. When a play or a player positively changes the momentum or the direction of a game, God can be the game changer in our lives. He can soften our hearts, lead us away from sin, shift our selfishness into self-giving, and set us on fire for sharing our faith with others. God's game-changing love knows no limits, and He never stops seeking us. Even when we feel lost, mired in sin, and uncertain about the direction of our lives. St. Augustine's prayer comforts me. Father, I am seeking, I am hesitant and uncertain, but will you, O God, watch over each step of mine and guide me? Let us pray. Father God, I pray to be open to your game-changing love. May it transform me into the person you created me to be. Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and it's time to celebrate another Catholic school, this time St. Mary's School in Lancaster with their fine, wonderful principal, Kayla Elric. Kayla, how are you? How are you? Wonderful. Happy Catholic Schools Week. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you, and thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. So you grew up in Catholic schools there in Lancaster at St. Mary's, right? I did, yes, yes. So I'm actually the principal where I attended, which is wild, <laughs> but it's wonderful. Yes. Does that just feel like coming back and just being like, wow, I, 
It must feel very nostalgic. Oh, it was completely surreal, yes, especially um, when looking at the alumni pictures in the hall. I'm like, oh, there I am. <laughs> and when I came in, the phone still had um, like the labels from who was principal when I was the principal, or I'm sorry, who was the principal when I was a student. Oh, my so gosh. So his name, I know. So I'm still using his same desk and same phone and everything. Wow. So it's great. Yeah. Are, are any of your old teachers still around? So actually, my last old teacher who was here retired last year, mm. so well, the year before, um, and Mrs. Van Everest, she was a phenomenal, phenomenal language arts teacher, So, um, and it was funny, when I came to my interview, I saw her, and I said, hello, Mrs. Van Everest, so good to see you, and she said, it's Kathleen, and I said, no, it will always be this Van <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Did you have the feeling, as you were walking the halls as a kid, that maybe one day you would want to teach? Definitely teaching, yes. Being but a principal, principal was not, was not. On my radar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew from it being a young, like at a young age, that I wanted to teach, um, and that's actually what I started doing. And then a need opened to um, to fill in as an interim principal, and nine years later, here I am. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. What a great community uh, you have there at St. Mary's, and now it's St. Mary's Basilica. Yes. Yes, it's the Basilica of St. Mary. Yes, that was very exciting. That happened um, in August of last year, so a little over a year and a half ago. How do you explain that to the students? I mean, do they understand what an honor that is? Yes, yes. So the beautiful thing is when you become a Basilica, there are two very visual representations of what happens. Um, There's the Umberlino and... The Umbrella. Yes, yes, the Umbrella, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the Tintinabulum, which is like a... um, it's, it looks like, well, really it's a bell on a wooden pole. And so, you know, when the students go over in the church, they're able to see visually that something has changed. And so that kind of sparks a conversation of, you know, what is an Umberlino? And I'm sorry, we're very rural, so there's a train going by. Um, but, um, you know, looking at what are the symbols and what does this mean for us? And so they were able to have those conversations. And then the celebration actually took place before school started on the Feast of the Assumption. Mm-hmm. So uh, many of our families came to that, but it wasn't a school-wide event. Um, so we were able to show them pictures and say this was very special when the bishop came. And, um, you know, definitely there was a special book that was made because of that. And so they were able to pass the book around and see everything that it took, you know, to, to um, receive the title of Basilica. Wonderful. We're speaking with Kayla Elric, the principal of St. Mary's School in Lancaster. How are you guys celebrating Catholic Schools Week? Well, so there we follow the national titles for every day, um, the national you know celebrations. So mm-hmm. we had um, on Sunday we celebrated our parish. We had our schools speak at all of our masses, and we had our open house. And then Monday, we celebrated our community. Um, we also we had a Mass with the other Catholic schools in Lancaster with the bishop at Fisher Catholic on Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday, we celebrated our nation, so they were able to dress down in red, white, and blue. Um, and the <laughs> funds from that dress-down day were used to purchase items for local law enforcement. And then um, today, we actually have vocations visitors from a few different orders to speak to our students um, in the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And then for kindergarten through 5th grade, they're going to do informal visits at recess. Um, and then tomorrow we have a special kids' carnival. So, well, that's what I was going to say. Where's the, the uh, ice cream and cake? Right. Well, actually, tomorrow is ice cream day with a carnival. So, Boom. <laughs> Not just ice cream. Also carnival. Right, right. Yes, ice cream and carnival. Yes. That's so fun. Um, 
I, I, I think I'm thinking of, uh, of course, a mutual friend, uh, Father Nick Ventura. Yes. He, yes. he he's in Rome, so unfortunately, he wasn't able to to be there because he's an alum of he the school. Is, yes. So it's very funny. We were actually in the same grade, same class together. So we were bus buddies. We would ride the bus together, and um, he actually married my husband and I. So um, he so he celebrated our wedding, which was really special. So yeah, we went to St. Mary and Fisher Catholic together. We should get him to Zoom and then walk around with an iPad or something. We really so. should. Yes, yes. <laughs> Put him on a little, you know, robotic um, mobile segue and, and visit all the classrooms. <laughs> yeah. Are there traditions there in the school, Kayla, that um, that have been passed on, you know, over the years, you know, from generation to generation that just show the love of Christ yeah. to the students? Yeah, so... One big tradition that we have is um, their houses, and so our 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students are split into different groups. They're kind of combined together and then put into groups of 9 to 11 students, and um, each house is named after a saint. So we have, like, the House of St. Therese, we have the House of St. John, and they're all mentored by different teachers um, and administrators, and then they do different service projects. And so, um, you know, they meet once a month, and then they have house lunch once a month, so they sit together with their house. And it's a really beautiful way to not only teach the students about the saint um, of their house, but then also build community and relationships among students in other grades. So we have a lot of students who are new to our school in, um, you know, the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade because St. Bernadette and St. John Logan don't go until the 8th grade and they're nearby. So when they transition to our school, we get a lot of new students, and we found that this is a really great way for them to not only connect with other alum from their school who have graduated, but also with their other classmates who may be new. So um, it's really special, and you know, it's it's just a great way to to celebrate and integrate our faith. Kayla Elric, the principal of St. Mary's School in Lancaster. Kayla, yesterday we were speaking with um, theology teacher at uh, Bishop Reedy, and spiritual motherhood came up. Yeah, yeah. And the opportunity not only for you to be that spiritual mother to the students, but also to your staff members, um, has got to be uh, rewarding for you. It definitely is, and you know, really teaching them. So we have a staff retreat once a year, and then. Obviously, throughout the year, we, you know, do other things. But um, in one of our first staff retreats, we taught them Lexio Divina, you know. And, mm-hmm. and this is something that a lot of our middle school teachers were familiar with because they teach that to the students. But it was beautiful to really, like, walk them through what Lexio Divina is and really help them to grow in their faith, you know, because we always say you can't fill from an empty cup. And so, you know, we want them to be able to, to deepen their faith and um, just grow in relationship with our Lord so that, in turn, they can not only help the students do that, but they're also just so filled with love that it, you know, it flows into the classroom. That's beautiful. Uh, Kayla, as you became a, a principal, was there something that kind of just struck you? Like, I, I actually didn't expect this aspect of this part of the job, but I just I love it. Mm, that's a good question. I think I always knew that principals had to be communicators. Mm. You know, I knew that, that they had to, um, you know, send out notices to families and, and communicate with the staff, but I didn't realize that I would love that part of the job so much. You know, the, the weekly newsletters and the social media and, you know, the weekly staff emails and the notices to parents and that piece of it I've actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
and, and knowing you, Kayla, I know you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And in your communication, you we were blessed to have you as a co-host of uh, Alive for More for a number of years here at St. Gabriel. And, and I know how you bring Christ into all aspects of your life. And it, it's just got to be a natural overflow of your love for Christ than to bring to the, to the staff and the students. So ce- celebrate you, you know, for, for, <laughs> well, definitely is a team effort. for doing that. Definitely yeah. a team effort. People say, you know, how, how do you do? Cause I have two under two. So they say, well, how are you getting all these things done? And I always say it coffee and God's grace. Like those are the, <laughs> the two things. Yes. So <laughs> it definitely is a team effort and definitely God's grace that, that helps us for sure. What's uh, what's coming up for the school? A- any big plans uh, moving into into the second semester? Getting um, yes. I, well, so you're preparing a number of students for sacraments. Yes, yes. So we have obviously our first communion coming up. Um, we have May crowning. We have confirmation. We also have um, we're receiving our accreditation again this year. So every school goes through the process every six years. Um, so you have uh, you have called us um, the Monday before our accreditation visit. <laughs> so that is happening. That's definitely a big thing on our minds right now. But it is a it's a great process to help us look at you know how far we've come and then also the goals that we're hoping to have for the next five six years. So that's a big thing right now. Um, you know, obviously welcoming a lot of new students with a choice, which is such a gift to our community. So we're looking at, you know, adding in a couple of extra. We have kindergarten for a day events. Um, so we're looking at adding that and, you know, um, maybe even adding in a new orientation for students that's student-led. So things that really help to welcome those new families. That's definitely on our, on our vision for the horizon. Mm-hmm. Looking back at your elementary days, and your students aren't listening right now, so we can have this conversation. <laughs> um, did you have a favorite year? You know, honestly, it was my third grade year, I think. That was the year that I just had a phenomenal teacher who really helped me. That is actually the reason I wanted to become a teacher. Um, so that was just a really special year. And then, honestly, my high school experience was such a gift. Um, I was with a lot of people who were just um, like-minded in our faith. You know, I was really, really blessed, and, um, you know, going to Fisher Catholic was really beneficial, too, to, you know, just be with people who had the same goals, you know, like we wanted to get to heaven. And so that was the first time that I experienced, you know, CYSC and adoration and praise and worship and everything that helped me to grow into my faith. So I would say third grade and high school, those were the best years. (laughs) (laughs) And God's been with you all the way through. Amen. Yes. Amen. Kayla Elric, the principal at St. Mary's School in Lancaster. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning, Kayla. I know oh, you have a full day ahead. So it's just uh, an honor to celebrate with you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And it was so good to talk to you again. <laughs> God bless you. Thank Hope you to so see you much. soon. You too. <laughs> Bye. That was Kayla Elric, the principal at St. Mary's in Lancaster. I love her joy, and that's been a real blessing all this week, uh, spending time with the administrators and teachers to seeing in in very specific and tangible ways how they bring Christ into their classrooms and in their schools and how the mission of our Catholic schools is so well aligned Mm -hmm. um, between the staff, the parents, and the students' They're all doing just an outstanding job. We have a lot to be proud of here.
folks. We really do. Yeah. Coming up next here in the St. Gabriel Cafe, we'll be joined by Kristen Chenoweth. She's an aspirant with the Dominican Sisters of the Immaculate Conception Province. Stay with us. O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need. Your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. One year after I graduated Catholic high school, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus, and that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ, who gave the authority to Peter, and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Atheists claim theists are essentially no different than atheists because we reject gods too, such as Greek and Roman gods. But this is plain absurdity. What's our reason? First, it's an abuse of language. A theist believes in at least one god. An atheist doesn't believe in any god. They're mutually exclusive terms. To say a theist is an atheist to most gods is like saying a married man is a bachelor to most women. Second, it's bad reasoning. To say I'm an atheist because I reject some gods is like saying I'm an anarchist, one who rejects all forms of government because I reject communism and fascism, some forms of government. But that's silly. So the claim that atheists and theists are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Brusord with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we're in conference season, friends, coming up on Saturday, February 17th, the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference happening at the Ohio Expo Center. Runs from roughly 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock, though if you show up a few minutes early, they'll let you in. 
Father John Burns, Father Tim Anastas, uh, Marie Miller will be doing the music, Claire Dwyer, Heather Kim, Mass with Archbishop Timothy Brolio. A great day for all you women. The following weekend, Saturday, February 24th, at again at Case to Call Ohio Expo Center, the 27th Annual Catholic Men's Conference. The theme this year, the Eucharist Go Deeper. Keynotes, John Edwards, Chris Stefanik, and Father Burke Masters, chaplain of the Chicago Cubs, and Mass with Bishop Earl K. Fernandez. And we have a special guest in our chapel. Yes, we do. Tell us about it. <laughs> Actually, it was it was such a fun surprise walking in and seeing a Zacato on on yeah in our chapel. It's encased in dome a dome glass dome, and there's a Zacato, which is like a tiny hat. You know, it's the mm-hmm. the hat that the Pope wears, and it's JP too. <laughs> Isn't that John awesome? John the Second, yeah. So I'm excited because I love him. Bill surprised us. Uh, so, yeah, we all came in Monday morning not knowing that John Paul II Saketa was here. Yeah. So, friends, if you're in the neighborhood, we're in Upper Arlington, call or stop in and, and venerate the relic. Yeah. So, blessed to have with us now Kristen Chenoweth, an aspirant with the Dominican Sisters of the Immaculate Conception Province. And it, Amanda, uh, bring... Um, Kristen, and there's a, a real nice um, reflection from today's gospel. That's right. I thought it was so fitting today as I was reading the gospel of Mark this morning. The The gospel for the day starts with Jesus summoned the 12. And that word summon just really stuck out to me because we have the opportunity uh, to talk to Kristen about her own journey into the faith, but also the call that she's um, trying to discern if, if the Lord is really calling her to enter deeper into religious life. So I'm excited to hear her story this morning. Morning, Kristen. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Now, you were raised in Lutheran tradition? Yes, originally raised in the in the Protestant church, kind of under the Lutheran umbrella. Okay. Uh, my mom was raised uh, evangelical Lutheran. My dad was kind of raised in the Baptist realm, mm-hmm. Protestantism, so... Kind of as a kid, we didn't, uh, we weren't connected to a, a church community when I was younger. But my grandma would take me to church, and so way to go, grandma! Uh, right, right, yeah. yeah, so grandma's <laughs> out there. You know, we need you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just really um, encountered the church through her and through Sunday school and and um, services and things of that nature. But it wasn't really until college that I kind of like really owned my faith and kind of. Um, was really seeking to deepen my understanding. And so I went to a Lutheran liberal arts college. I was studying family ministry, I'm just really hungry for the Lord, really hungry for his word and really to understand, you know, and, and as first Peter talks about, like, give a testament to my faith, be able to answer for that. And um, I was going to ask you if focus was on campus. I'm guessing they weren't. No, they were not, <laughs> unfortunately. But we did have some sisters that were taking some classes for education every once in a while that would come. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of my first encounter. Because I, you know, as a Protestant, you really don't, unless you run into them at the grocery store or something, you know, you really don't see <laughs> religious. But, um, but yeah, so during college, just really trying to understand my faith and piece together, you know, I had all these questions and really trying to solidify the foundation that I had with our Lord. Um, and so really just began this pursuit of truth. And the more mm. I, you know, studied theology and things like that was really trying to piece together the lineage of our faith. And I wasn't quite finding that, you know? And so, um, I think that was the beginning of the Lord really drawing me, um, to himself in a very tangible way. 
Um, my One of my good friends at that time, he was studying uh, to be a Lutheran pastor, and he, um, through his own conversion, uh, is came into the Catholic faith. And so okay. that spurred a lot of conversation for us of, you know, what are the teachings of the church and what does this mean? You know, what is the Eucharist? What, you know, what is Mary and the saints? Ha- you know, what do they have to do with our, fa- our faith and relationship with the Lord? And so that kind of like was the beginning, I feel like, of just this entire pursuit. Kristen, did that just really kind of rock your world? You you <laughs> have a friend who is studying to become a Lutheran minister and then suddenly he's converting and yeah tell us about some of those initial thoughts and feelings that were going through your mind yeah with him particularly like you know his uh dad's side of the family was uh fallen away catholic so he had kind of grown up with it but i had zero like i don't even remember encountering catholics in my public high school and thing you know i just was very detached from that um and so it was you know it was really challenging at first because we our friendship was always based on our faith and so you know, as he started talking about these teachers and thing, you know, there was kind of that tension of just sure. like, what, like, what is this? You know, but I think too that that um, was a safe uh, relationship to really challenge some and, and and be honest and open about some questions and things I had. Um, and I think too that that led me in my own like kind of wanting to like almost prove myself a little bit to him, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna come ready, you know. And so like looking at things on the side and then coming to him with things, and it just that kind of like snowball effect where you look into one thing. And then, you know, two hours later, you're like 16 articles deep into something else that, you, you know, on Catholic Answers that you never thought that you would encounter. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What what resources did you guys um, come across that really helped answer those questions? Yeah, for me, um, for me, Catholic Answers was kind of a big one. Um, I did a lot of just independent, just kind of like look, you know, reputable on the, on the internet and things like that. But when I was doing my internship at the end of my undergrad, I was up in northern Michigan and the only radio station that would come in was a Catholic radio station. <laughs> Score. Yeah. And so it was funny because on my way home, you know, that two hour, three hour segment is Catholic Answers. And so it was just, it was really <laughs> perfect. Right. Yeah. It was really beautiful that the Lord was like, I'm just going to like let this, you know, let this simmer here. And, you know, just even not even engaging with that, but just like hearing, you know, different guests or was people that like Traverse on. City, Mackinac, that area? Traverse City area. Yeah. So okay. Acadia was where I was, but I was commuting. Yeah. 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 We know those folks well wonderful yeah they're great <laughs> god's providence right. amazing absolutely yeah so you, you were listening to catholic answers uh what a great source of information and uh pointers to other resources to help all of us just uh uh grow more in love with uh, christ in this church yeah absolutely i was S- thinking as you were talking about uh the cicado with uh jp2 like he was instrumental a lot of his teachings and things were things that i initially dug into um, St. Benedict or Pope Emeritus Benedict the 16th mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, yeah, Scott Hahn, Dr. Brant Petrie, all of these people are just wise gems that we have in, in the tradition here. So, mm-hmm. so when, when did you uh, uh, come into the church? Yeah, so I came into the church the end of October 2017. So my anniversary is uh, the Feast of St. Simon and Jude on the 28th. Okay. Mm-hmm. So initially, you know, I had gone through RCIA in Michigan, and I just had kind of these, like, continued questions and things that I just wasn't wasn't quite there yet. Um, and so I was working on my master's, had moved to St. Louis, Missouri, under the archdiocese there. Um, and my this friend uh, had brought me to, uh, they called it Bother the Fathers. It was like this uh, young adult archdiocesan event. 
and it was basically a panel of priests and you could submit questions and so it was just oh, in, in this pub with like hundreds of it was crazy um and none of my questions are answered uh, that night, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but one of, the, one of the priests, the way he answered questions, I was like, ooh. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to speak with him. And mm-hmm. so I had tried to reach out, I think, to another priest and didn't hear back. Hear back. And so I had emailed uh, this particular priest thinking like, oh, you know, he was kind of in my areas in one of the parishes nearby. And within 24 hours, he had set up a meeting. And like from there, it was history. So mm-hmm. we had talked about... Um, you know, I wanted to meet with him and ask questions and things. He's like, well, I don't think you need to go through RCA again. But um, at this point, it's, you know, September or something. And uh, he was like, we can continue meeting and then, you know, be, if, you, if you want, be received at the vigil. And that was the first time for me that I was like, oh, I don't want to wait, you know. Mm. And so uh, that was the year of the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. And so I think he sensed my, like, disappointment in that. And he's like, or sooner. <laughs> And so I was like, this thing is sound crazy. I said, but like, is there any way that like I could come in before they, and he was like, yes. And I was like, I was expecting a lot more pushback, you know, kind of thing. And, and so it was like something like six weeks or whatever. And the mm. Lord paved the way and came into the fullness of truth. Docility. Kristen Chenoweth uh, sharing her story of coming into the Catholic church. Kristen, you were sharing with us as you were journeying from the Lutheran faith into the Catholic faith, just some of these questions that maybe were roadblocks at first what were some of those major roadblocks that you're trying to jump over yeah I think it was just reconciling a lot of mis uh like uh misinterpretations that Protestants have of Catholic teaching sure um so definitely you know I feel like this is the typical answer but Mary and the Saints you Mm -hmm. know where do they fit in our in our faith and in our relationship with the Lord. And so that was one. I think, too, it was like it wasn't such a jump. We were talking about this last night, actually, with the sisters. Um, but like for me, the sacraments, it wasn't a jump because and obviously in a less full way, Lutherans kind of like hold some of these things with honor, mm-hmm. even if it's not, again, the fullness of what the sacraments uh, mean to us. And so it was just kind of like making that final final trip sure. <laughs> into, into fully understanding that. Um, and for me, it was kind of this um, like umbrella effect. So, you know, kind of the questions that I was facing, you know, do I believe in God? Well, yeah, you know, I've I've lived my life as a, as a child of the Lord for many, many years. So, yes. OK, do I believe in the triune God? And then from there, like, do I believe that, you know, God, the Father sent Jesus Christ incarnate here to be with us, you know, and and with that, his, you know, life, passion, death, resurrection, all these things. And so then for me, which is where I hung out for a while, was, okay, do I believe that Jesus Christ established a church and has that church been preserved? And so really unpacking that for me, um, you know, again, I think Protestants, especially with the abuse scandals and things like that, trying to reconcile, I mean, I'm sure Catholics are too, um, but really understanding that in the context Mm -hmm. of the entirety of the faith and church and and the preservation that happens uh, with God's protection, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Did you have this moment, Kristen, where you were journeying from all this intellectual knowledge from from head to heart? Was that transition like there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, it was once I once I went to uh, move to St. Louis, and I was grappling. I was like, oh, you know, I'm never going to have all these answers that I want on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, just uh, sitting with the Lord in this place of vulner- vulnerability, you know, and and asking myself like. Do I have enough to ascend for my faith? You know, is there enough proof? Is there enough truth? Like, can I, you know, with reasonable faith, ascend to this? And and the answer was yes. And I think that um, sometimes, you know, 
one of the things I share is when we seek the Lord, when we pursue the Lord with all our hearts, he will answer and show up and reveal himself in a myriad of ways. Um, and so I think it was really being in that place of vulnerability with him and, and trusting him and trusting that not only has he led me to this, you know, beautiful church, the fullness of truth, which his son established, but he will continue leading me in that. Um, and really just like entering in, into a more deeper, profound relationship with him through it all. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming from that relationship then is what flowed this desire to join the aspirancy with the Dominican Sisters of the Immaculate Conception Province. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, after coming into the church, you know, experiencing this season of mystagogy, um, really asking the Lord, like, what is it you desire for me? Mm-hmm. What is it you desire of me? Um and what will that look like? You know, in, in the Protestant realm, vocation is is thought about a little bit differently in terms of career and things like it doesn't encompass again, you know, this fullness of faith that we have. You know, it doesn't encompass the fullness of what we believe vocation to be. Um, and so really that first year, I just spent a lot of time trying to unpack that and understand, okay, what is vocation? What mm-hmm. are the different vocations? Like, you know, and envisioning with the Lord, like what my life could look like in each of those vocations. And I think no matter what the Lord is calling me to, that there's something really beautiful, you know, something for me that he has set apart, you know, set me apart for. Um, But it was when I would be praying with him about religious life, um, just this invitation to be totally his, to my life, all of my works, all of my Mm -hmm. desires, every, you know, just being set apart for him um, and living that life of love with him in service of his church. Um, And there's so much more to unpack with that. But I think just, um, were those opportunities, uh, Kristen, revealed to you before you thought about religious life? So, so was that stirring that there is more? There is a way for me to live my relationship with Christ in a different way, a deeper way. And then, did that lead you to this uh, to look at religious orders, or did you discover the religious orders first, and then that opened up? Yeah, that's a great question. No, I think for me, it was like the there was this longing, right? This longing mm-hmm. for the Lord in this really profound way. Throughout, I you know, I can I can look back on different areas of my life and really see that. And so I think it was really encountering vocation and encountering the thought of religious life and and the vows and and kind of looking at different charisms and communities and and how that's lived. I think it was like this progression of Him continually yeah. like drawing me deeper into that. If that makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah. Sure. Kristen uh, Chenoweth, uh, who is an aspirant with the Dominican Sisters of the Immaculate Conception Province. So how'd you meet the sisters? Uh, where, first of all, I guess, when did you first encounter Thomas Aquinas? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty early on. Maybe yeah. my, maybe, uh, let's see, it would have been my senior year of college, so maybe 2015. Uh, but I didn't come into the church until 2017, so I spent a lot of time with St. Thomas. Uh, continue to. <laughs> He's a good friend He's to have. wonderful, yeah. <laughs> um. So thank you, St. Thomas, yes. for showing you uh, the Dominican sisters. Mm-hmm. How, how did you uh, first find the sisters? Yeah, so I kind of, uh, I stalked them for a long time. <laughs> you know, looking at different Dominican communities and things. Like, I really felt the Lord really drawing me to the Dominican charism um, early on in my discernment of religious life. Um, and so I encountered uh, the sisters actually this past summer. I came, finally committed to coming on a come and see retreat and just met a really beautiful week in prayer. 
um, with the sisters really, you know. Um, but did you find them online? I mean, what was that initial contact that, I mean, did you have a directory of sisters that you were thumbing through? Or No, I think it was Google search, actually, just different Dominican communities and then coming across the website. Okay. So they do have social media and things, too, that are that are really beautiful. But... God does work through Google. <laughs> he does. He can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Google, yeah, definitely Google searching. Okay. <laughs> so then you went to your come and see. Yeah, so then I went to my come and see, spent a week with the sisters, and was, you know, still kind of a little guarded, uh, like, Okay, you know, I, I've looked at different communities and things, but like, is this is this the right one, Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the ways that He really kind of like invited me deeper into into really thinking and praying with Him about this community, um, we had a kind of like a picnic with some of our sisters, kind of midway through the week, and um, two of our older sisters and one of our middle aged sisters sat down with me, and um, they they primarily speak Polish, and so you know, it's, uh, the middle aged sister was. Uh, you know, helping to translate because they wanted to know my story. They wanted to know me. They wanted mm-hmm. to know how to pray for me, you know, and, and, um, both of them kind of at the end of, you know, this, this time of, of just talking together, they were like, well, you know, you stay with Jesus here with us kind of thing. Uh-huh. And that just like, I think, uh, opened up my heart in a new way of just like not only being desired by the Lord, um, and feeling this call towards him to be his bride, but also being desired by, the, by a community to come and be a part of something like mm-hmm. this. So. So to tell our friends, described you as an aspirant, but tell our friends what, what the aspirancy stage is. Yeah, so this aspirancy stage is kind of a six-month um, period of time with this community. And it's really just a, a you know, kind of a detachment from lay life and entrance into religious life, really beginning to live life. Um, along the orarium, uh, uh, you know, alongside of the sisters, mm-hmm. you know, it's a period of deeper prayer and discernment of, okay, you know, I'm here, Lord, I'm really entering into this is this, you know, the continuation of what you're desiring for me and inviting me into. And they're leading you. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, and walking with you mm-hmm. on this. What, what's been the biggest surprise? Oh, that's a good question. No cake on Fridays. <laughs> no, no, that was yeah. Or or, I, or were there things that you you had to detach from that you realized actually Jesus, thank you, I ooh, really yeah. don't need this. Yeah, I have surprises. Been, I have been loving stepping away from the phone. Mm. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, I was I was already kind of in that mindset before entrance, but really, I just I just don't want it. <laughs> I just don't need it, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think one of the things that surprised me, like. We know that sisters are real people. We know that, you know, that they experience joy and, you know, and difficulties and all these things. But really to encounter them in their home with such joy and like their interactions with one another being so peaceable. Like that was just such a consolation to me, like in entering both um, in the sisters that I encountered in our provincial house in justice and now being here in Columbus with our sisters too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, apart from your family, you probably, have you lived in another community like this or is this your first exposure to yeah, really living first exposure. in exposure? I mean, in call it, you know, dorm life kind of thing, but it's sure. very different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah. What are some formation aspects of the aspirancy that you get to, go through yeah so um 
we so basically I've been working through a couple different studies, mm-hmm. you know, looking at study of scripture, looking at the study of theology, of the body and things like that, really understanding and creating a, a foundation in religious life to build upon as far mm-hmm. as our knowledge and, and our living out of that um, truth and knowledge that we're encountering. Um, so doing that also um, praying the liturgy of the hours with the sisters in common um, has been really beautiful, you know, continuing with holy hour, you know, spiritual direction frequently, um, you know, seeking out the sacraments, confession, things like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for our friends, any young ladies that, um, that are listening, how, how would you encourage them to take that next step, mm. uh, overcome whatever hesitancy, but just, just to, to whatever that next step is to take it? Yeah. You know, one of the things that was so beautiful to me in my conversion and, and continues in uh, my discernment, um, is Eucharistic adoration of just being with our Lord face to face and really coming to this place of vulnerability of presenting yourself to the Lord and being like, Lord, I desire and want what you want. You know, mm-hmm. I have all these things that I want and things, but you know, aligning that with his heart for you um, and really being open to listen. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's almost this checklist of like, okay, Lord, can you do this, this, and this, or like, you know, this is what I really want. And I want what you want, but I really want what I want kind of thing, you know? (laughs) And so really presenting that to the Lord and being like, okay, here are my cares and desires, but I know that you want to fulfill them in an even greater way and have these greater desires for me. So just, you know, teach me, walk with me, you know, reveal those things to me over time. So, yeah, that's such a beautiful disposition to have because it, it, you come to the Lord with an open heart. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Kristen Chenoweth, an aspirant, aspirant. Aspirant. We're in central Ohio. It's aspirant <laughs> with uh, the Dominican sisters of the Immaculate Conception province online sistersop.org. Correct. Op.com.com. Sistersop.com. Uh, wonderful resources there. And yeah, we pray for any, any friends that are listening right now, um, male or female, um, just to, uh, sit back and listen, uh, find some silence and, and talk to the Lord about what he desires for you and, uh, for you have to have the docility and the openness, uh, to heed that summons. So Kristen Chenoweth, thank you so much yeah, for being for with us. Me. We're praying for you. Thank you. I need so, them. <laughs> what's uh, your favorite, uh, thing in Columbus right now? Oh, um, have you been able to get out and get around it a little bit or are they keeping you pretty busy Not there at the so house much, but i um i'll share this because i'm a safe a safe space right uh so i kind of had already alluded to that i'm from michigan so it's been really fun and interesting for me uh we've been going to the newman center for mass and things like that at OSU. <laughs> that's it my grandpa i'm sure is rolling <laughs> <laughs> so but that's been really fun to just you know ex- explore just the yeah columbus in general good thanks Kristen. tomorrow the sacred heart hour it's first friday And then Monday, we're going to be joined by Emily and Chris Morrow here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be a world without end. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you on Monday.